There's like the famous story of the first lady astronaut who went into space and the NASA scientists gave her like 100 tampons for a week's journey. They were like, <laughs> they were like, how many tampons would be an appropriate number for a two-week mission? Yeah. Well, they she, were like, she was is 100 the right number? <laughs> she was probably aware of the, like, the absurd taxes on like, you know, women's feminine pro- yeah, so uh, products. So she was like, yeah, anyway. 110 and then just banked them and took them home. That's clever. Yeah. That's really fucking clever. Savvy business acumen. Well, she's just an astronaut. She's clearly intelligent. <laughs> like, Hidden Figures 2 is actually the bookkeeping she did to cover up her theft yeah. of tampons. Yeah. Hidden tampons. Tampon thievery. That title. Yeah. Someone said to me um, uh, the other night, um, he was like, oh, you smoked a menthol cigarette. We'll never be able to go to space. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, apparently normal cigarettes are fine, but just one menthol cigarette coats your lungs forever. And if you were to go to space, your lungs would expand and you'd die. And I was like, that's just not anything. Like, I was like, I'm sure maybe somewhere there's a guideline saying you can't smoke menthol cigarettes, but it'd just be like for cutting down the number of people. That, like, they're, like I, I guarantee you that one menthol cigarette would not be like, well, I'm sorry, it's space dynamite. Like, you're going to get up there and your lungs will explode. Here's the thing, Juice. I mean, look, this is hard for you to swallow, I'm sure, but I am a scientist and I can confirm that's 100% true. <laughs> One menthol cigarette One, means you can never it. go to space. Yeah, yeah. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world. A world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome to How to Win Loot and Cuddle Up with Dragons. Oh, it's a D&D 5e actual play for the Curio Network. I am, as always, your number one comfiest boy in the multiverse, Ben McAllister, and also your dungeon master, but a comfy one. Here I am, ready for you. Hop on in, the comfort's fine. And here are my friends. I'm glad we're doing a cozy... I was worried for a second we were doing like a how to fuck your dragon sort of thing, but I'm glad we steered away from that. Uh, to, has that been made? To just that must have been made, right? <laughs> I don't know. Of course That's it's been made. the name of, course, of my of course, of course, of course erotic catatronia joke. Is it self-insert? No! Literally. No, not self-insert. No, it's, it's, it's toothless <laughs> insert, <laughs> Tom. Come on. <laughs> Man, that 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 whole like twenty seconds was like four people trying to make two jokes and fucking it up. Like every single person. Ben actually got there, but he was a bit slow. So uh, I guess I'm uh, comfortable with the way this podcast has started, Jackson. You said I am Thomas feeling cozy with his tea, Owen. Um, I'm Grace. Just. Woken from a little nappy nap, Chapel? Did you? What about Grace Napple? 
Oh, very yeah. good. Look, I don't know why I've never done this before. I am the comfiest boy probably has ever existed. I'm here in my Airbnb in Canberra, where I am for work, and I'm in bed. I've got a bunch of snacks around me. I've got my laptop sitting on my lap, warming me up. What kind of snacks are you wearing? I'm under the blankets. Do you mean you've got your laptop giving you testicle cancer? Uh, okay. Yes, that's what I mean. And I've got this microphone, and I'm just here so comfy talking to my Did friends. Did they give you testicle cancer? Um, I thought they just killed your sperm boys. No, I think they just killed your sperm boys. Mm. What kind of snacks am I working with, Juicer? Uh, I got myself some mission corn chips. I got myself Ooh. some French onion dip. I got myself a little bit of hummus. I got myself some Cadbury dairy milk. Ooh. And I've got a most mostly full bottle of red wine. Oh, hey. Into yet. Sounds like, sounds but, like um, you're on a mission to snack there, my friend. Two varieties of dip, one man. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, can I just quickly, just a follow-up question, in the variable numbers of years that you've known me, have any of you known me to fuck about when it comes to snacks? No, that's <laughs> Don't true. Don't be so surprised. <laughs> that's true. You know how I do my double dip scenarios? That's what I call my, um, Thursday night DJ set <laughs> double dip scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> All right, motherfuckers, I'll have you know, I just got out of bed and sat up at my kitchen table because it's go time. It's time to do this podcast. Wait, where's Cozy um, Ben? Bring him back. <laughs> Bring him back. No, Cozy Ben's gone. Cozy Ben's dead. <laughs> no. Business Ben's here Only now. Only took an hour and 15 minutes, but we did kill him. <laughs> yeah, you killed my vibe. You killed my chill vibe. And now it's time for business. All right? I hope you guys are ready. This is the kind of energy I'm going to be bringing to the show. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's get it done. Okay, okay sir. Yeah, alright, trombo. We see two carts rocketing down a road through the woods. One in pursuit, one in flight, locked together by a metallic harpoon. Atop the fleeing cart, we see Valeria clutching her necklace and making an incantation. As she finishes, and the necklace begins to emit a blinding light, we see four adventurers, Garrick, Duncan, Jody, and Drazilia, on a separate cart, watching on in shock. We see the light growing, enveloping both Valeria and a man in black standing on the chase cart. Then, we see them both disappear. Before she knows it, Valeria is twisting, tumbling through the void. She's pulled and thrown by invisible forces. She doesn't know where she is or where she's going, but she does know that she's not alone. Behind her, the man in black is reaching, grasping, clawing at her through the void, attempting to stop her escape. He rakes her leg, tearing open a gruesome gash, and she cries out. But then, she wakes up. She's on a hard, sandstone floor in a small, dark room. She nurses her leg wound as she searches the space with her eyes, and can't help but find it oddly familiar. Of course, that was months ago. She has a long journey ahead of her before she comes to be where she's standing right now. So, 
standing before you, looking pretty wounded. She's leaning on the wall of the cavern that you've emerged in. She's dressed remarkably different to the last time you saw her. She's exchanged her scholar's robes for some traveler's attire, a combination of linens and leathers, and she appears to have a couple of blades strapped to either hip. But she is clutching her side and leaning on the cavern wall. What do you all do? Did we cut that line about you being asking for money? No, that was the that was the close. Okay, no, great. so what that was in there. Well, does she know how to reply to that then? Well, strictly speaking, Duncan, the job was to deliver me safely to Carthus City, and uh, yeah, she says, gesturing at the cavern around her. Um, Where are we? I'd actually forgotten that that was the job. <laughs> Where are we? Good question. Um, we don't have a lot of time. You're going to have to bear with me. I'm, as you can see, in some minor distress, but we should probably get moving and we can talk on the way. And uh, she gestures in the direction of a tunnel that leads out of the cavern that you guys are in. And with a big deep breath in, she braces herself and then pushes up off the wall and starts oh. just kind of half limping over Jody goes and like tries to help her up. Like, <laughs> I didn't think we all just stand around watching a wounded woman. crossed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you need to heal? Should we stop for a moment, or are people coming? Well, people aren't exactly coming, but it's more like we're kind of in a bit of a race here. Oh boy, there's a lot to catch you up on. Um, Well, uh, people are heading to the Crucible, as you know, and we kind of need to get the last piece out of here and then get over there ourselves before they can really fuck things up for good. Jesus, okay. Takes a big deep breath and says, um, I don't suppose any of you have a healing potion or anything because this is going to take a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You you throw her a healing potion? She's like halfway across the, the cabin heading toward the cavern heading towards the tunnel and like Jody's walked over to try and help her and she like nabs Duncan's healing potion out of the air and then gratefully sucks it down. And you see a bit of her vitality seems to be restored. Uh, she closes her eyes for a second, exhales, and then says... Thanks for that. Okay. Like I said, we'll talk on the way. And she starts walking again over towards the tunnel and just a little bit faster. Do we know we were on our way to a temple? Or because like after we started following that voice, we didn't, right? We kind of discussed going to the Temple of Sky and meeting Garrick there, didn't we? But we had then been <laughs> we then, waylaid by this yes, voice. We then, we then told them to, oh, yeah. to, right. to head to Hastings instead. and then I guess then, <laughs> uh, given that... Uh, given what Drusilia said about needing to get the piece out of here, Duncan probably said Not Drusilia, the other one. Ah, fuck, yeah. Given, We're we back here. So long. Is this fun game? <laughs> um, given what Valeria said about getting the piece out of here, Duncan probably kind of says, so is this another temple then? Correct, Duncan. You guys have learned a lot, I see. Uh, yes, this is the Temple of Sky, the final temple, and we're not alone. Um, so this might be a bit of a trip, but... Um, Elva, you know, one of the original Sine, yeah, she's in there. Um, she and I were making our way through the temple, and we came up against a thing that we couldn't get past with just the two of us, so we had to kind of pull back and, and try for a punt, and then, uh, well, you guys arrived. And she's still walking, like, down the tunnel. Are you guys following yeah, yeah, or what? Yeah, yeah, So this is... We were actually uncertain about whether there, there was one final temple. For example, we have not been to all the temples that we believe exist so that we're to believe then that has Maleficus and his followers been there? Or do you know what the state of play is? 
Different people, yes. Um, suffice to say, uh, after here, all of the pieces will be accounted for. But she's like, uh, which ones? Which ones did you know about again? Which ones haven't you been to? Look, I'm sure somebody has a list. Did you write it down, Grace? <laughs> Back of your sheet. Um, no, I have the 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 temples that you guys have come up against a Wait, few let's times. Let's see if we can were... do it. Yeah. Okay. 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 So knowledge, life. Uh huh. Um. Uh huh. C. C. And then silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, they're the ones that we've done, and we're heading towards Sky. Oh, and then also and, Temple and of Death, Death was Esper. Um, Esper. Uh, oh, rip. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you guys are at Sky. So the ones that aren't on that list there... Sand and Power? Sand and Power! The boy knows Damn. it. Yes, that's right. She, so I guess I'm sort of, I'm sort of that familiar with this genre oh, of writing, you know what I mean? I've so read a few other luminaries the, in the art form. Power is the Arthur's factory, right? Is, is the Temple of Power the... Factory that makes the war machines for the Eastern League. She says, right again, Duncan. So Zing. then, sand. What's the story there? Yeah, I guess for Duncan, he knows so much about stone. Sand must be so mysterious to him. <laughs> sand actually is it's just like small, tiny stones <laughs> I know nothing about. No, no, no. It's, it's a great tragedy for the dwarves because every patch of sand you see is a rock that once was. Oh, that's um, actually quite beautiful. And so... The dwarves. My name is Ozymandias. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every rock has its sand. I just want to know how clear it will be to listeners that that was you and not Tom. I think oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's not like it's not it's not like listeners have confused our vo- any of our voices before. Yeah. Yeah. It's never happened. <laughs> sure. Uh, this, this, Nick, this is well, like me, Ben and I, and then me for Tom. Yeah. You and Tom, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And me for Grace <laughs> when I'm doing this fun character voice. Is that a great impersonation? Um, Weirdly similar to Stephen Fry to Hermione. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ben's Grace. Really? (laughs) Also your voice? (laughs) I mean, I don't know what my voice sounds like. I mean, I don't know. It sounds a lot like Stephen Fry to (laughs) Hermione. As you say, Sand, what's the story there? She kind of stops in her tracks for a moment and says, It's actually, uh... (laughs) A really long story, Duncan. Um, the Temple of Sand was the first Cine location I ever ventured to. Now, I hate to interrupt you in the middle of you answering my question, but if that's a long story, probably what we need to know more pressingly, Elva, you said the two of you fell back, but she's not here. Where is she? Yes, she stayed inside the temple proper in order to man the uh, machinery, as it were. That'll become more abundantly clear as we get deeper inside. I came out to greet you, escort you through the labyrinth, and then, well, we'll be making our way back through the challenges of the temple to meet up with Elva and progress through the finale, as it were. Okay, so uh, it's a little bit twisty down here, so just, just stay close to me. We should be arriving at the main door to the Temple of Sky proper in hmm, probably about... Five more minutes. So, uh, if there's anything you've been dying to ask about, um, now would be the time. Is it just me, or are we substantially ahead in terms of number of pieces? Oh yeah, big time. We're ahead, um, quite a lot, but... And whilst that... Look, don't get me wrong, Duncan, that, that counts for a lot. And in fact, the, the fact that we have these pieces is really about the only thing that is gonna give us a chance here when we, when we get right down to the Crucible, but, uh... Well, it's not all there is to it. Maleficus can can still try something. Uh, 
Look, I'm a little sketchy on the details of it myself. This is probably more of one for Elva, but my understanding is that Maleficus is trying to perform the ritual he wanted to perform with what all of the pieces used to be together, and and he believes that he can perform it with just a subset of the pieces at a significantly increased risk. Elva believes that she's found a way to stop it and perhaps reverse the process, but it's critical that we get there before Maleficus tries to do this with the pieces that he has. The last time he tried, did he have all the pieces? He didn't get around to trying. How many pieces do you and Elva have? Well, there's um, this one here, and uh, she taps the necklace around her neck that Same we season. now know contains a piece. Yeah, and, and as she does it, she does actually kind of like wink and nod at Drasilia <laughs> and look at the necklace around Drasilia's neck. And then she says, and uh, Elva has one as well, and uh, well, we're, we're here to pick up the third. Just real quick for us, so how many pieces do we... Obviously, we have the our individual pieces, and mm-hmm. then we had... Didn't we have one for the arcane amplifier, but we gave that to Garrick? Garrick. That's right. So we have one each, plus Grace plus has, a, has a necklace. And yeah, Valeria's saying that she's got one, Elvis got one, and there's another one in here. Nice. I guess I guess Jody, in what has been his personal uh, intelligence quest sort of thing, probably jumps up and is like, there has been some details about how Maleficus was stopped the first time, whether he was... Held and potentially they are linked with uh, some of the the obelisks or something like that. Do you know? Do you know anything about how that was actually uh, undertaken and if it could be done again? Or I have an idea of how it was done the first time. I Elva was not exactly forthcoming. I don't think she fully trusts me yet, but we'll get there. But my suspicion is, as you say, that it has something to do with the obelisks. And yes, I believe he was trapped, not destroyed, if that helps. And, well, I can tell you at least Elva seems to think that she could do it again, but this time they'd be better off uh, playing for keeps, as it were. Sorry, how is Elva still alive? (laughs) Um, Valeria stops dead in her tracks and says, there's something you have to understand about Elva, and I think we have to assume Maleficus... They're not like other magic users we've ever encountered. They are, well, she's, she's incredible. I've never seen anything like her. The power that she has, the things I've seen her do inside this temple. I mean, I've obviously got a little bit more competent myself in the time between when we last met each other and now, but I couldn't believe some of the things I saw her do. Is Drazi just like completely put out by that? Like, she's just different <laughs> in the world, and everyone's been like, you're incredibly powerful, and now Valeria's like, no, this Elva, this Elva bitch. She says, again, she wouldn't quite tell me exactly how or where she'd been all these years, but she did allude that it was something to do with the web and the obelisks, as you said. Maybe when we get there, you can ask her yourself. Maybe she'll be more forthcoming with the three of you, given the work you've all done to secure everyone's safety. Hmm. Let's go find her. Wait, so what's Maleficus trying to do? Well, not to answer your question with another question, but what have you three learned thus far about the pieces and what they were pieces of? Some means of focusing magical energy in some way. Um, We weren't sure whether they were 
discovered or manufactured, but in some way, the Cine's greatest accomplishment had something directly to do with them. Bring power from the web, is that something? That's what we were thinking, yes, that potentially the energy was coming from the web or being focused through these uh, pieces. You're not far off. Okay, so, as you have already sort of mentioned, the pieces were originally all one object. Together, they were an extremely powerful focus gem. And this focus gem had the power not only to focus energy inside our plane, but apparently, Maleficus discovered that this focus gem had the potential to siphon energy out of other planes. Originally, the Cine used this creation to achieve some of their most incredible works, including the creation of the web. But as time went on, Maleficus, well, it seems he wanted to do more. And he, again, she wouldn't tell me everything, but there was something scary out there that he wanted to use the focus gem to connect to. He thought it would bring them extreme power, but they disagreed. It doesn't draw power from the web, but they made the web using it. That's my understanding, yes. And there's something worse that he's trying to draw power from. She just nods grimly. The spider. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You guys enter a space that is larger than the tunnels that you guys have been walking through. And on one side of the space is an ornately carved metallic copper door, similar to the one you saw outside the Temple of Sea. It takes up a large section of the wall. And there are some, well, as you would now recognize them, ancient Sine inscriptions above the door. And did I say, Tom, that you have, like, partial proficiency in reading Sine language? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, you sure did. <laughs> All right. So, Duncan, hmm, how do you think's a fun way to handle this partial proficiency? Like, I can just kind of tell you, a sh- like, a, a kind of shitty version of what it says, or you can try rolling for it, and uh, we'll see, like, that. let that determine how well you translate this, uh, this piece of information. So, what, am I just taking a flat history? With your plus... Plus, yeah, plus five, I guess. Here's what I'll say. Duncan has a base level of comprehension of this that regardless of what you roll, I'm going to give you. If you roll and you happen to do well, then you'll get more. Well, I rolled a one. So... <laughs> 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 okay. Five okay. So the one plus the four becomes five doesn't give you any extra on top of Duncan's base level of comprehension of this language, which is, you know, like he kind of knows some words and can put together phrases, but he's not fluent. What Duncan reads in this Sine Elvish carving above the copper door, he roughly translates, well, the first thing is like a, a title, which he recognizes the word Sine and he recognizes the character for secret. And then underneath, he sees what appears to be almost like a subtitle, which seems to be implying the idea that, like, those who want to know the Sine secrets must first offer a secret. And you see that off to the left-hand side of this copper door, there is what appears to be a little uh, 
room essentially that leads like back into the wall and has like a, another door that's sort of slightly ajar that can be closed over it. And uh, Valeria says, "Oh boy, I was kind of hoping we weren't going to have to do this again." Okay. Um, well, uh, do any of you read Cine? Have you gone through this door already? Absolutely, yeah. How did you do it? Well, yeah, I mean, I was just kind of giving one of you the opportunity to crack it, but what it basically <laughs> says there is, if we want to enter the Sine's Vault of Secrets, we must first each proffer a secret to the temple. So, um... Yeah, I mean, I knew that. I yeah, I guess that... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that Luthor sure was a tricky bastard. Okay, um... Well, um, the way this works, as I recall, is uh, you go into that little room there, you can close the door, and you grab a hold of the paddles. There are some paddles on the wall there, and you just offer your secret. What is a secret? <laughs> Does it mean something that nobody knows about you? Is What did you say, Valeria? <laughs> She says, I'm not sure that's really any of your business, but um, I, I would say it qualifies as something that, well, you know in your heart if it's a secret. I hate Valeria. <laughs> <laughs> should have let it die when that goes. Okay, great. Well, I guess should we head towards the... The yeah. Booth? So how are we doing this? Like who's 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 going in first? Are they closing the door so that their secret is not revealed to their compatriots? Um I reckon Duncan probably just walks up without closing the door, holds the paddles, and says Garrick is headed to Hastings. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Giving up some tactical information, we see. Interesting. You, you is that the voice of the, the temple? temple? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is that you or the, the temple? <laughs> That's like me a, deciding what to right. do with this. I one. thought it was like a really? sorting hat from Harry yes, Potter sort of on thing. that, and they should have been talking secret panels. Hmm. Yeah, some tactical hmm. information. If you're sure, it could be great. Better be <laughs> Gryffindor. <laughs> um, huh? I kind of really like that. And I think you feel like you grab these paddles and what they are is basically like these little copper sort of cylinders that are sticking out of the wall in this tiny little side chamber. And as you grab them, you feel like energy thrumming through them. And as you say out loud, Garrick is headed for Hastings. Uh, you feel like a moment's kind of hesitation almost as uh, the mechanism seems to be considering your offering. And then loudly... You hear a resounding intonation of acceptance. Boo-doom! And the thrumming resumes its uh, more rhythmic nature. So can I walk through? Uh, no, no. The door hasn't opened yet. Oh, all right. You walk back out into the main chamber and the big copper doors are still there. Valeria says, ah, Garrick, I hope we get to um, meet up with him soon. Okay, that was good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that it... It took that uh, on board. Um, I love trying. A little bit non-traditional, I suppose, but very on brand with uh, Duncan's uh, tactics-driven nature. So <laughs> I suppose that was deemed acceptable. I, um, for what it's worth, I don't know what the temple's doing with these secrets. Um, I did say Luthor, if you recall. He's the, the Sine who built this particular temple. We've been learning from uh, the puzzles inside that 
He's a bit of a tricky bastard, so, you know, bear that in mind. All right, who's up? Do you have anything, Jody? Valeria? Um, okay, if if Drozzy is hesitating, I think Jody probably walks up to to the the recording studio slash booth. Um, <laughs> uh, does he close the door? Yeah, I think he does. He closes the door? Yeah. Okay, then allow me to say this. The three of you, Valeria, Duncan, and Drazilia, standing in the main chamber, hear a slightly muted click as the door to this confession booth is closed. Jody grabs the paddles and feels this same energy thrumming in his hands. And what does he start to say, Jackson? When I was a, a younger man, after I fled from, from Espera, I was, I was stuck living in Hanusport, fearful that I wouldn't be able to survive. And so I made a decision. And then I think we don't hear any more as our viewpoint returns to the room outside where the others are waiting patiently. So um, you three are standing out in the main chamber and you hear another pudding of acceptance as the door clicks open and a, would you say, somber-looking Jody walks out to join the rest of the group? Yeah, I think he looks, like, guilty as all hell. Are you sure he's not a samba-looking Oh, Jody? shit. Hmm? Are you sure he's not a samba-looking Jody? Uh, there's maybe a bit of that, yeah. Maybe a sober? Samba! Samba! Do you know Sober Jody. Um, Valeria indicates the booth and says, Well, uh, after you, Drezzy, it won't let us in till all four of us have gone. You haven't gone, bitch. I'm going to go last, if if that's okay. Oh, I'm still still mulling this one over. Fine. Drezzy pushes her way past into the booth. She closes the door. She takes up the paddle. And she whispers into it. And I think... You two can't listen. <gasps> Should we bail in? Yeah, yeah. All Just right. put your fingers in your ears. Okay. Well, I'm just on a long secret. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that'll fuck you. <laughs> um, Drozzy whispers into the paddle and she says, um, actually, I actually really like Duncan and Jody. And I think I would go so far as to call them my friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a sweet moment. Trezzy um, sort of roughly bounds her way back out of the room. It's like, all right, Valeria, fucking come on. What does she? What does she do? Uh, what does she say to to everyone as she bounds back into the room like, yep. after that character growth moment? I did it. All right, come on, let's just get get it get it in, <laughs> get through it. <laughs> <laughs> she says. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of burning secrets here. Um, I already had to give one up on my way in. Uh, I can, I can trust you guys. I've, I've got in trouble keeping things from you in the past, so here goes. And she walks in there, and she leaves the door open, and she grabs the panels, and 
she turns around and looks at the three of you in the face and says, I'm in love with Jodie Mastum. <laughs> the common That's secret. All of the like. secrets are. <laughs> she says, I have good reason to believe that Drasilia is of Sine descent. Heyo, it's me, your boy, your girl, but mostly your dad and best friend Big B just checking in on you in the middle of the show here, as per usual. Thanks so much for listening to Chapter 51. We sure hope you're enjoying it. We really appreciate all the love we've been getting of late, so please, if you like the thing we make here, get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, at Curio Network, or at Late. It really gives us the drive, honestly. Like, it, it really makes us want to keep making the show and keep working to make it the best we possibly can. Um, if you do reach out, we might give you a quick shout-out, like I'm going to do right now with The Final Podblum, that's at The Final Podblum, and Tom Henderson, that's at Tom underscore Hendo on Twitter, for tweeting at us recently, even if Tom just did it to drag me. Go show them some love in return. Uh, if you don't want to reach out directly, you can leave us a rating or a review wherever you listen. That's really, really helpful to us, or also really helpful, you can just tell a friend. Uh, if you happen to enjoy the live show we put up last time from our recent trip to Sydney Fringe World, being that that's a self-contained adventure, it would make a really great jumping-on point for new listeners. Okay, um, short one today, I won't take up any more of your time. That's it from me. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Again, we really appreciate appreciate it, and we really love hearing from you all. So, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of the show. And then you hear a bading of acceptance, and the large copper door leading deeper into the temple slowly rumbles open. <laughs> that was actually my secret as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's... Um, Makes sense with the whole clock tower thing. <laughs> What's this? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Is that Josilia's reaction to that? Yeah. She says... We're in a hurry, remember? She says, yes, yes, okay. Um, the next puzzle I've already done, uh, I'll explain it to you in a second, but yes, so look, sorry. Congratulations. Um, I have reason to believe that you descended from, well, anyone want to take a guess? Dandela. Got it in one, Drazzy. Yes, that's right. Uh, Elva told me that after Dandela went her separate way and she made the town that became to be known as Hastings, she, well, she didn't leave again. She and fucked some elves. <laughs> <laughs> no, she fucked some humans because Drasilia's a half-elf and Dandela's an elf, Duncan. That's what Valeria says. She fucked a lot of humans for years and created lots of magical offspring. In a whole community of half-elves and then they only fucked each other. (laughs) If two half-elves fuck, do they have like... We have talked about this before. One elf child, one human child and two half-elf children? It's a punnet square. It's always a possibility. We've talked about this before. One of those kids has pointy ears, the other one has a pointy dick. (laughs) Doesn't everyone have a pointy dick? (laughs) Valeria says, okay, so, all right. Um, and as the door's opening, she's like holding a hand over her face and she's thinking, she's like, okay, the first puzzle was pretty straightforward. Um, when, when Elva and I came through, there were just two switches. If I know Luthor, because he's a tricky fuck and he reconfigures things, there's definitely going to be four this time because they know four of us are coming in. But, okay, shit. Um, okay, all right, just get ready. There's going to be a room, four switches, four switches. We have to pull them at the same time and then the gem will be created and then 
we can get out the following door. And she starts walking down a tunnel that is on the far side of this door towards an open space. That's clearly a room. She says, last time we came through, uh, there were these really, really tough stone automatons blocking the switches. They were preventing Elva and I from getting to them, but you know, she smoked them and we got on through and pulled the switches. So this time there's probably gonna be four of them, but it's gonna have to get in there, pull the switches, and then that's gonna be that. So everybody get ready and And then as she says, get ready and all three of you are struck by a vision. You see, as you're walking down this corridor, a vision that's similar to visions you've seen before of a group of people walking down a corridor. This vision is different for two key reasons. One, there aren't 11 people walking down this corridor and the mood in the air isn't one of sobriety and fear. There are 12 people walking together down this corridor. Some faces you now recognize from the stained glass windows inside the clock tower. Chief among them for you, Drasilia, Dandela, your ancestor. And the air in the room is one of electric excitement. There is a masculine figure at the front of the pack leading the way. He's moving faster than the rest and the other 11 are following, excited to see where they're going. And then all four of you are standing back in the corridor that you're walking down towards this puzzle. And Valeria says, Did you guys just get that? Did that just happen to you? Did to me? Yeah. No, I... Yeah. I'm worried that the Drazi's visions are potentially contagious. (laughs) (laughs) So you believe them now? (laughs) Valeria says, How long have you been having visions, Drazilia? I've been having them ever since I made my way here. Um... A long time. I think since we went to... What's the name of that city under Carthus? Analor? Yeah, you had your first vision on the way to Analor. Yeah. Um, And she says, I mean, I've had visions before in my past as a young researcher, but something's changed. There's something in in the atmosphere. I can feel it. I'm sure it has something to do with how close Maleficus is getting, and I'm sure it probably has something to do with... Is Maleficus trying to draw power from the time dimension? (laughs) Is that why we're seeing the past? We're about to be in the challenge, okay? Get ready. We're about to be in the trial. Unless it's changed up, there's going to be four switches, probably one in each corner. And as she says that, you guys come to the entrance to this space. What do you all do? Uh, Firstly, observe, report, and then head to the corners of the room, I guess. Okay. Can I get perception checks from the lot of you, please? Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) 23. Five. Well, I rolled a one, but with my perception, it goes up to like a nine, but you know. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, first I'll say what Jody and Drazilia see. Jody and Drazilia see a perfectly nondescript stone room with indeed four metallic switches, one at roughly sort of um, tummy height in each corner. In the <laughs> center... <laughs> Tum tum height. Waist height, like everybody actually says. Tum tum height. Yeah. Um, I say tum. And <laughs> tumness. They're all at Mister Tumness height, and uh, that's a that's a fun Chronicles of Narnia reference for you. Um, yeah, that's good. Standing <laughs> in the center of the room is a stone, what appears to be just like pillar with a shallow basin cut into the top of it. And hanging from the ceiling is a uh, inverted pyramid of 
translucent uh, gemstone. And that's all you guys see. And Valeria goes, huh, weird. I thought they were going to be opponents. I guess we <laughs> cleared them out last time. And at that moment, Duncan sees everything Valeria sees, except for the fact that he sees a piece of stone, and this is so perfect for Duncan. He sees a piece of the stone wall on the uh, back left corner from where you're standing at the entrance to the room. Just shift a little bit in a uh, slightly untrustworthy way. And Valeria is about to take her first step into the room. Shift in a trustworthy way. (laughs) As soon as a stone moves, it is untrustworthy. And Valeria is about to take her first step into the room. And what does Duncan do with that information? Um, I think he says, uh, Valeria, you take the far left. Um, (laughs) Nah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, Duncan says, wait, hold up. Something's moving in the back there. She stops mid-step and says, Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys do? I'll take the far left. You three go to the others. Keep your eyes open. I don't know if there's anything else moving in here. Okay, are you guys guys fanning out across the room? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, uh, Jordy will go far right, because he's the fastest. I I guess Duncan's heading towards the far left because he saw an opponent there. And, um, yeah, I guess the ladies can take the, uh, the near, near switches. The ladies are going for the switches a bit closer so as not to hurt their delicate constitutions. Yes. (laughs) I've seen you illegally turn into a dragon, Drussy. I don't think Jody has any misconception about how powerful you are. (laughs) Yeah, Drussy's a bit dazed as well from this new information. Yeah. With that five perception roll as well. Also, let Jody do his thing. Let him run fast. Like, what 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 does that have? Yeah. I can walk. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say because Duncan put you on high alert, you guys don't get a surprise round dropped on you as you each walk over to your switches and then a large stone-shaped humanoid figure springs out of the very walls next to each of your switches and engages you. No surprise round, but everybody roll initiative. Fuck me. I'm rolling so bad ever since the live show. 14. 8. Um, 13. Ooh, and what's your dex modifier? It's much higher than Valeria's. Yeah. Oof! These stone boys rolled badly. <laughs> okay. Good. Great. The first person to act with a 14, funnily enough, is Duncan, given the fact that he was the one who noticed that there was something shifty going on. You're standing next to your switch that you know you have to pull at the same time as the others, when this fucking large, much taller than you stone humanoid, composed of, like, brick blocks, bursts out of the wall in front of you. What do you do? Is it between me and the lever? Yeah. Well then, there's only one thing to be done. I, <laughs> I punch it in the dick. I punch it square in the dick. I I lunge at it with my sword. Um, yep. Because of my uh, because I cross fast into ranger and have the natural explorer feat. I am master of navigating the natural world. I react. I am master of my domain, like a Seinfeld thing. When attacks. Nice. I have. Advantage on initiative rolls, which I took to get my 14. And then on the first turn during combat, I have advantage on attack rolls against creatures that have not yet acted. Nice. So, huge. It hasn't acted. I love that. And because I get advantage, what that means is I'm going to power attack. Fuck yes. Okay, proceed, my dude. Make your power attack. Okay, sweet. 
Thankfully, I don't need to use that six. I can use this 15 instead. Take five off nice. the power attack. That's 10. I add my 12. That's 22. It's not metal. Fuck so me. 23. Jesus Christ on a bun. Yes, you definitely feel your blade sink into the side of this stone brick man. Uh, just like a couple inches into his side. Go ahead and uh, roll that damage for me. Plus 10 for power attack is 24. Plus 2 bonus damage because it's a humanoid, which is my favorite enemy. Ha ha ha, stupid rock, looks like a person. I'm better at hurting it. Unless you want to rule Ben that it's something more like a monster. Well, these are a construct or something. Like it's that. a construct, but it is Damn a humanoid. Right. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, so then just the aforementioned tip 24 damage. 24 damage, okay. Uh, nice, okay. You feel your blade sink into the stony flesh of this uh, brick man before you, and uh, it doesn't squeal out in horror, just the thing that passes for a head sh- fucking ratchets towards you, and uh, if it had a face, ooh, it'd be steamed. Steamed at you, my friend. It's made out of bricks, though. So, go on. What else do you do? You've got more attacks, I assume. Cool. Okay, so, second attack, coming in hot. Uh... What's that? Fucking 18 to hit? I'm sighing because you're so fucking powerful. Yes, you hit it. (laughs) 10 plus 10 is 20 plus 6 is 26. Jesus. Okay, nice. Okay, you fucking drop another 26 on this motherfucker. And uh, you see, yeah, it's it's not loving that. It's it's bloody steamed with you, mate. Bloody steamed. Um, But it's still alive, I take it? Oh, yeah. Uh, well then, I will do that again. I will hit it nice. once more with my sword. Give it that third one. Drop a hundred on him. Yeah, that's gonna hit. That's like eighteen before the modifiers. Yep. Oh Damage Jesus! Ten plus ten plus six. Twenty six. Twenty six. Jesus, you love those 26s. What is this Duncan twenty six, motherfucker? Okay, great. You drop it. <laughs> You are just, like, carving, like, chips and chunks and bricks out of this creature-sized large fucking brick humanoid that's in front of you. And that's the end of your turn. You've taken three hefty swipes at it and three hefty chunks have been pulled out of its frame. Now it's Jody's turn. What up? Uh, well, if that construct is still standing, then Jody's going to divert and head straight towards the, uh, the oh. construct in front of uh, Duncan. So he moves those, away from uh, his construct, which, yeah. which means that his construct has to take a wisdom save to try and get an attack of opportunity on you? Is that the vibe? Well, I mean, it depends on how we're doing this. Um, yeah, the way I had it was that you guys all walked over to your switches and they kind of waited till you were all there and then they fucking all jumped out of the wall. Okay. So you're all basically oh, there. Oh, well, I guess it's right in front of me. All right, well, I'll, just find, I'll find the one in front of me then. That's fine. Oh, yeah? You don't want to just yeah. take a wisdom save? Sure. Okay, yeah, no, fuck it. Yeah, Jody tries to bail away and head towards the uh, to Donkey's one that's taking some damage. Okay, nice. So, fucking Actually, Jody wait, this is really s- important. What's the distance between us at the moment uh less than your move but like is it like, like 25 feet or like yeah i any, think is there any I point th- in me taking away maybe duncan's next turn you know what i mean like if he can't actually get to, to fight something next turn there's no oh, point. um uh yeah the the sides of the room are 25 feet which means from where duncan's standing he'd be able to get over to one of the other ones in his next turn if you did drop it in your next turn but uh maybe let's not worry about that till we get <laughs> all right jesus Okay, great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I try to rush on over. Okay, it's got to take a wisdom save. Yep. Okay, it rolled a two, so that's probably not going to do it. So Wouldn't it, like, it. sees you moving away from it, and it's like, who is this peaceful boy? <laughs> 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 and it, uh, 
<laughs> it just can't even feel like attacking. <laughs> What's up? Make that attack roll, my friend. Yeah, great. Okay, he's going to try a sweet little stunning strike on it. Nice. So a uh, con save would be great if he could take yep. it. Yep. This guy's, believe it or not, the stone man, very high con save. <laughs> what do you roll? 22. Oh, right, great, that's fine. Yep. Uh, great, so the first one's going to be t- 20 to hit. Yeah, that hits him. You fucking, what is this, with your staff or one of your fists? Uh, with my staff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, okay, so you bring your staff down into one of the cuts that Duncan has made with his sword, and you see some stone go flying out, some uh, cement powder, if you will. How much damage do you deal? Uh, 10 damage, then I attack him again, and I'm going to try and stunning nice. strike again. Okay. Oof. Uh, that one's only a 16 to hit, so... <laughs> Unfortunately, no, you feel your fist. Is it your fist or your staff? Staff again. Your staff sort of glances off one of the uh, one of the knee joints of this stone man. Right. Uh, well, that's Jody's turn, unfortunately. Okay, that's Jody. That's Jody done. Jody's out of the mix. You glance. You're all fucking uh, forced to draw your attention to the right corner of the room from from where you were standing in the door, where Valeria is one v oneing a stone creature. You see her pull a small wand out of her one of her hip holsters, put it square against the chest of the creature, and then a flash of blinding green light blasts out of the tip of the wand, and you see the creature go flying back against the wall and uh, stumble back against it, and like large chips of uh, stone come both out of the wall and out of the creature as it's just buffeted by this enormous blast of green energy and let me just uh, roll the what, damage like what kind of green energy like does she have solar panels or yeah yeah dude it's it's um it's actually clean coal she hits it with a bunch of clean coal what clean coal uh valeria's creature is blasted backwards into the wall then it's time for a creature feature boys and girls that's right uh the first thing that happens is this semi-wounded creature in front of duncan raises its two massive stone fists and brings them both down upon him the first one's a 21 to hit um remind me the shield on my sword what does that do yes that uh is basically the equivalent of casting the, the spell shield I think it's plus 5 AC. Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll tank it. Nice. Okay, the next one is a 22 to hit. So I assume those are both going to be hits for you, my dude. Uh, so, I need you to take for me... This would happen one at a time, right? Like, can I see how much damage the first one is? And then maybe... Oh, okay, sure. Next. Um, yeah, yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. The first one is... Ooh, those are good rolls. 26 damage. Alright. As this stone fist pummels into you. The second one is... 22 damage as another stone fist pummels into you. And then, Duncan, as this second fist uppercuts you in the gut, you are blasted 20 feet backwards into the center of the room. Can I get a constitution saving throw from you as you hit the deck hard? Uh, 23. Okay, you're fine. Uh, the next thing that happens is <laughs> the one that Jody juked out of the way of charges across the room and tries to punch Jody in the back of the skull. First one's a 12 against AC, Dude, probably not going to do it. The next one's... The next one's a 20 against AC, which I imagine probably does. Do- oh, he's got to take a wisdom save, doesn't he? Oh, no, you've taken offensive actions. No, 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 no. So. Yeah, he's good. He can do that. Yeah. After this incident, there okay, are going to be nice. lockout laws in the web. So what, these big stone golems, what's, what's their movement speed, dude? Uh, it's at least 25 feet. Right, okay. The side okay. length of the room. Great, great. Um, yeah, nice. So uh, he deals you pretty bad rolls, actually. Only 17 bludgeoning damage with his one strike, and you are knocked backwards across the room. Can I get a constitution saving throw from you? Yeah, you can, yeah. Uh, 18. 
yeah, you're okay too. Okay, so you and Duncan are lying in a uh, Duncan and Jody pile. It's very sexy. Uh, in sort of like 20, 20 feet back from the corner of the room that Duncan's switch was in. Then, the creature attacking Valeria lashes out against her with its fists. Oh boy, that's bad. Hits her twice. Uh, you see Valeria get absolutely fucking pummeled. Oh Christ, that's a high roll. Oh boys, I don't like the look of this. You see Valeria get absolutely fucking pummeled by two stone fists and also go flying back into the center of the room where she takes a con save that she also surprisingly passes. All right, Valeria. Uh, she's now lying in a heap on sort of like, she's she's not next to you guys. She's on the other side of the stone pillar in the center of the room from you guys. And then the creature that's standing next to Drazilia lashes out at her twice with its stone fists. That's a 14 and a 25 against AC. 25 is going to do it. But 14 What's is actually my armor class now. Huge. Oh, that means it hits you. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is how armor class works. Okay, so the first one is 21 bludgeoning damage, and the second one is a mere 18 bludgeoning damage, and you are also <laughs> blasted 20 feet backwards into the center of the room. Can I get a constitution saving throw from you? Oh, no. Critical fail. So. Okay, uh, you feel the wind knocked out of your lungs as you collide mm-hmm. with the hard tile floor of the room. For the next round, you can't take reactions and your speed is halved. All right, back around to Drazilia. Now you're s- fucking lying on the ground in the middle of the I room. What do you do? I move. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how dead I am. Got there in the end. Um, okay, can I... I haven't updated my spell save DC since we started playing this game. Okay, 8 so plus proficiency plus charisma plus 1. So, 19? 19. Okay. Um, Jesus Christ. So, can I get um, my the one golem. closest to me to take a wisdom golem. spell? Believe it or not, not very wise. Save. But let's see how we go. So yeah, no, that's a 10, bud. That's a 10. What happens to him? I polymorph him into a cat. Oh, wait, sorry. He has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Oh, what? Well, that's okay, because he rolled, because he only rolled an 18, which is one less than your modifier. So you do, in fact, oh my God. wait, so lucky Jesus I Christ. I'm sorry. I swear to God, I am not making this up. There is another line item on this that I did not read that says, immutable form, the creature is immune to any spell or effect that would alter its form. So oh I don't think you goodness. do turn it into a cat. What a roll of this Okay, now, what if it doesn't alter its form because it has an immutable form, but it is now a cat, the size and shape of these golems? (laughs) Well, do you not think changing the chemical consistency of a form is changing in some way? Like, for example, if you became entirely made of soup, would you. (laughs) Is it still the same boat? You know that whole Greek thing? You know what I mean? You change different parts of a ship and over time it becomes made out of soup. Like the axe. When does it change? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, see, but the thing is that despite all that, nothing happens. And the next yeah. thing that happens is Duncan is lying on a heap in the middle of the room next to Jody. What do you do? Alazi is fuming. <laughs> I can believe it. Um, Duncan, obviously, like, just, you know, very high perception. Well, reasonably high perception. Not very high. Uh, notices how mad Druzzy is. Notices everybody's been knocked back. And he's kind of thinking, this is about the first time we've ended up in a pile. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also contend that Jody would actually land on the floor without a save. Like, that's absurd. You know, um, I think Jody keeps his feet. So, sorry to change your narrative. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way that he doesn't land on his feet with his dexterity. All right, dude, you know what? Fair, fair play. I'll allow you a dex save to try and land on your feet. 
27. Well, then I'm yeah, no worries. Jody, Jody gets... To land on my feet as well. <laughs> I got a 13. Yeah, great. Uh, okay, Jody lands on his feet. Okay, going forward, we'll, we'll, we'll allow a deck save to try and not get blasted over. That's fair enough. Yeah, don't worry, Valeria definitely fell down. <laughs> not, not me Honestly, not surprised. Because it costs half your movement to stand up. She's a real chumble womble. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, okay, so if a room has 25 foot sides from the middle, and we didn't all land on top of each other, so I clearly didn't. You're not in the middle, dude. Sense. You just got blasted backwards 20, 20 feet. Oh, fuck you. No, it's true. I actually just did the math, and that's not possible. Okay, listen to this, T. I bet I know you, you can't fathom D&D without a grid, so here it goes. It's a 5x5 five five room. The central square is allocated to a altar, and you are sitting on the diagonal one up and to the left of the central square, and Jody is sitting in the square just one up from the central square. Valeria is down and to the right of the central square, and Dracilia is down and to the left of the central square. The thing is standing not in the central square on the corner, but in fact one square in, which I I believe, if I've done the math correctly, yeah, it puts you. I don't know how you imagine my brain works, but that <laughs> not that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the, the point is, you did clarify that we agreed on a couple of things. Yeah, you can, you can, he was you not can... in the corner and that I was not in the middle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, dude. I think actually the way that I've just described how that works, like literally, the, it, it can only be possible for you to actually be able to get over to it because um, the fact that the altar is in the middle means the 20 feet that it blasts you back, you actually just hit the altar and have to stop. And so, yeah. yeah. So I can get to it with... Yeah, dude. Yes. I'm just trying to justify this for you. So get over there. 12, with 12.5 feet of movement, 12.5 feet of movement, I can get to it. Yes, absolutely. You can get within so range of your fucking 13-foot long broadsword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Math friends! All right, do the attacks, you fucking idiots. Let's get um, it done. Okay. Now, there's do, two boys over here, if you recall. Does the lever look sturdy AF? Um, it's made out of metal, but it doesn't is look it, like it's infinite sturdiness. Is it? Is it a pull up or a pull down? Pull down. So it's currently erect, and I have to flacify it. Yes, you have to flacify that lever. Okay, guess what I'm going to do? I am going to... Use my advantage on lifting gauntlets to pick up the golem I've already fucked up a fair bit, slam it down <gasps> onto the lever such that it is <gasps> impaled and such that its weight holds the lever down. Pretty clever. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be able to impale it, <coughs> but you will be able to drop it on that lever, no question. Okay. I have three attacks. I will use the first one ramming my sword straight through its core to make a lever-sized hole. Then I will do okay. what I just said I was going to do. Okay, give it a crack, my dude. Make an attack roll on that fucking lever. Are you doing a are you doing a um advantage thing? Are you doing a sorry a power attack thing or what? Yeah, power attack thing. I uh yeah. First off, clean lunge straight into its middle, stabbing. Nice dude, give me that PT. PA, power attack. Give it to me. Okay, this is a little rough. We're looking at a 7 minus 5 goes down to 2. Put it onto my 12, that's 14. We have the 1 because it's not metal, that's 15. That, I'm pretty sure, isn't good enough. I am deliberately aiming for its core, so I'm definitely going to add my precision uh, nice. die. So, superiority nice, die, dude. precision maneuver, 
adding a two. No, it's the damage. What's the total? So the total at the moment is 17. Your blade strikes true. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Sweet. So, uh, damage coming in hot. I get to reroll that two. 11 plus 10 is 21 plus 6 is 27 damage. Um, nice, dude. Yeah, definitely damage. got him. Okay, he's looking... You do, definitely, with the amount of damage that you've dealt this boy, you definitely carve a big, chunky hole in the middle of his frame. And, uh, yeah, he's standing right there, and he's, like, reaching at the hole in the center of his chest when you use your other attacks to, what, try and grapple him? Yeah, this um, WWE shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, um, but, dude, you definitely have advantage on this one because you're using your advantage on lifting gauntlets. So, yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. make that grapple attack, my guy. So, 13 plus 9, assuming it's in athletics, that's uh, 22. Okay. What does this boy roll on athletics? Oh, boy. 20. But you beat him in this athletics contest, and uh, you pick him right the fuck up. Fucking, fucking slam WWE Smackdown him onto the lever. You guide the, the lever through the hole in his body. And yeah, the lever fucking rockets down into the zero position. Um, and, hmm, damage done on this. Roll me D10 plus your strength modifier. Love his voice. Yeah. That's a 10. Yeah, 14. 14. Jesus Christ. Um, you fucking smash this golem down into the thing, and you hit the exact number of hit points that were required for it to be dead now. Because 14 is <laughs> the number of hit points that it had left. So you fucking bring its frame down onto the lever, the lever rockets down into the closed position, and you see it just goes limp, and the bricks that make up its hands fall off the ends of its bricky arms. The next person act, wait, you've got one more attack, don't I've you? I've got one more attack, yeah. Okay, are you attacking uh, Jody's one that's standing next to you? Yeah, I think probably, um, how much movement did it take me to get to him? Pretty much all your movement, yeah. But these two were, like, standing next to each other, because one of them... Yeah, yeah, you can just get him. You can just get him. He he rushed over to attack Jody. He's within your Um, range, yeah. Now, one thing that's worth mentioning is that, uh, cleave feet, whatever it's called... That means because I Oh yeah, absolutely. One, you get a bonus attack, attack when you so put one down. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you get two attacks. Roll those attacks I'll and I'm going to go piss. Go home. And it's not an advantage. So I'm going to roll one dice. All right, I'm back. I did a big P. Uh, hey, how did you do on those two yeah. attack rolls? First roll. So I declared first off that I was going to power attack because although they are hard to hit, of course. Um, I just need that extra damage. First roll was a 19, goes down to 14, rockets back up to 26. That's going to be a hit. Absolutely. Rolled a Absolutely. 7 on my dice, plus 6, that's 13, plus 10, that's 23 damage. Nice, okay, fuck yeah. You smash into the one that was originally attacking Jody, and you feel chips of stone come out of its stone golem frame. What's your second attack? Give it to me. 16 to hit, goes down to 11, plus 12. I would back up at fucking whatever. It's going to hit. Yeah, yeah, that does it. Give me that damage. Jesus Christ, Duncan is wrecking shop on these fucking stone boys. 11, 21 damage on him. Oof, fuck me. Duncan is putting in work on these stone men. Uh, Is that the end of Duncan's turn at long fucking last? Finally, it is. He tanked those two hits straight up the gate earlier on to summon that pure ferocity to pull this off. (laughs) He's not a barbarian, but he will fight back if you hit him hard. Duncan's switch is down. Seeing that, Valeria says... Oh, Christ, we've only got a couple of seconds to hit the other switches. Get him, get him, get him done. And then it's Jody's turn. 
I mean, but it's an impossible task because the other two are winded, right? Hey, they've got magic, baby. <laughs> I guess that's true. All right, sure. If, if Valeria said it, then Jody's listening. Jody runs over to uh, his switch and then reads an action, so the thing closest to him, if an enemy comes near him, he's going to attack them, I guess, with his turn. You don't pull the switch? Uh, yeah, I, I pull, pull the switch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, Jody runs over and flicks his switch and then readies an action to attack something that approaches him. Uh, is that is that the turn? Mm-hmm. We better not high-five you and celebrations. I know. Celebrations? <laughs> what the fuck was that? I don't know. Okay, the next thing that happens is Valeria stands up from her position on the ground and she makes a gesture with one hand and like casts her wand out with her other hand and you see a glowing uh, white rectangular magical box prism appear behind her golem creature and then a uh, large uh, hand-shaped magical conjuration appear in front of the creature and pushes it over. It's going to need to avoid tumbling backwards. Ooh, it did roll a critical fail. So the golem in front of Valeria tumbles backwards over this box that she's put behind it extremely comically, and uh, it lands on its switch heavily, knocking it down into the downwards position. Next in the order is Drazilia. You're standing there, or you're lying there. Oh, no, you've, you've stood up. What was the save? That Wait, no, it's the golems. A deck save to avoid tripping over on the box that she put behind it. Uh. It's funny. <laughs> like when you get your mate <laughs> behind someone yeah. and you push yeah. them over. It's a classic bit. <laughs> Valerius clearly yeah. in high school. She- Alright, yeah. dunk on me again with these stupid boys. Stone people, yeah. Okay, the stone boy in front of your switch, Drasilia, actually does charge over to you and try and dunk on you twice. One's a 26 and one's a 19, so I assume both of those Obviously hit Obviously they both hit. Yeah, so Drasilia takes... A uh, 17 damage on the first strike and 22 damage on the second strike, and she is rocketed from the position she's standing in. Yeah, yeah, I think that was what that added up to. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing there, Truss? Not good. This is the lowest I've been in a while. Uh, Go ahead and take another con save for me as you're pushed backwards across the room by these two walloping stone thuds. Yeah, it's a fucking seven, isn't it? Yeah, you you are you are winded again. You can't take reactions, and your movement is halved. Oh. Uh, that's that. The one that was in front of uh, Duncan that Duncan was just attacking tries to move away from Duncan. It sees that its switch has just been flipped, and it sees Jody moving in place of its switch, which it is you know extremely defensive of. Uh, and the first thing it does is take one of its swings at Duncan. Eighteen against AC. Does that do it? It does. Great, so you take 20 bludgeoning damage and are punched 20 feet back across the room, removing your ability to take an attack of opportunity against it, as it runs across the room to Jody. Cop that and then hit me. So take a a deck save for for me. and Actually, yeah, sorry, Drazi, take a deck save for me before you take that con save. No, no dice. (laughs) Okay, great, that's that happens. Dukan, take a deck save for me, please. Uh, 12. Okay, so now take your con save for me. Uh, 21. Okay, you're okay. So you're blasted backwards 20 feet across the room and you land prone, but you're not winded, so you're okay. Uh, now the one that was just next to you charges over to Jody and 18 against AC? I mean, surely he's running into my readied action. Oh yeah, he is running into your readied action. And while you take that readied action, I'm just going to plug my laptop in so it doesn't die. So make those attack rolls for me. Great, great. Can I take a con save for me? Uh, Yes. A 20 as well. Yeah, that's uh, 18 on the con save. 
Cool, great. Um, that'll be 12 damage. And then another con save for me, please. Okay. That's a 19 on the con save. Cool, great. Um, uh, that's uh, 12, uh, 12 damage. And then I'm going to take the dodge action. Okay, nice. So 12 damage total, or were there two instances of damage there? Two instances of 12 damage. Okay, nice, 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 nice. Okay, he's starting to look pretty fucking woozy, this guy in front of you. Uh, no no question about that. The only one, in fact, that's not looking relatively woozy is the one in front of Drasilia, aka the one that's just punched Drasilia across the room again. Uh, Drasilia, it's your turn. Three levers are down. Uh, you know, uh, fucking Valeria knocked her dude backwards. Wait, was that, th- that, then, was that thing going to uh, try and attack me, though? Or was it just running over? Oh, it was trying to attack you. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. Uh, that's uh, 17 against AC. Is it? Is, I, I'm also no, that one doesn't hit. No, but, but you do, are you doing oh, disadvantage dodge, dodge, for dodge? So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so but the first one doesn't then, hit. Yeah. No, still seventeen. Yeah, great. Okay, so it tries to swing out at you with one of its meaty brick fists, and you just fucking nimbly duck and dodge out of the way. And I'm gonna say it actually hits its own lever again and keeps it knocked down. Like just like knocks it back down, and then you see if this stone man could feel shame, he feels shame. <laughs> uh, Valerius creature spends half of its movement standing up, and then the other half of its movement trying to get over to where she's standing in the middle of the room, but it can't get there in time, unfortunately. And then it's Drazilia's turn. Draz, three levers are down. You've got two woozy stone boys and one fully strong stone boy who's looking at you. You can't, like, it doesn't have a facial feature of any noticeable description, but you can tell it's looking smug. Because it's just fucking clobbered you four times and pummeled you across a room, and it's just looking at you like, <laughs> I'm all that. What do you think Drazilia right. does with this turn that she has? Um, when Drazilia saw the others activate their levers um did they look particularly difficult did they have to put much muscle into it like not like a silly amount like i mean two of them got activated by stone boys falling on them jody pushed his down just like you know in one swift motion so yeah not like an extreme amount um okay then i'm gonna try and Activate mine using my cantrip mage hand, which I don't think I've ever used. <laughs> um, I took it recently. Okay, uh, read me the description of mage hand, please. So it's you can activate, you can move objects, but you can't activate magical items, and you can't carry more than ten pounds. It says so. I guess if it's like a force more than ten pounds. Mm. Ten pounds. Okay, let me do some quick maths here. I. I think you can do this. I think you can make this happen. Yeah. So I love the fact that this golem is just standing there like, what are you going to do about it? And Dracilia just uses a level zero spell (laughs) to to reach over and flip the switch just behind this golem. Yeah, but also I hate this golem, so I am going to use a couple of sorcery points and Uh speed up. The casting of Cone of Cold. A quicken spell? Onto this boy. <laughs> a fast spell, if you will. <laughs> so just just overkilling here. Just jibbing the golem for no reason. Like, you're already yeah. flicking the switch, and you're just deciding, like, Drazilia's fucking... She demands satisfaction. Is that about the shape of things? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what does he have to do? What kind of save does he need to take? Uh, it's a con save throw. Um, okay, he's good at those. But what's your save DC these days? 19? Yeah, 19. Yeah, no, man. He takes it. He eats it. He rolled an 18. Get out of my face, Gollum. All right. 
32 plus charisma, so 37, because it's a Jesus, spell. okay. So. Well, I hope you feel good about using a spell slot in a completely gratuitous and only to inflict <laughs> shame way, Jacilia. Because you flip yeah. the switch, and as you flip the switch, a beam of blinding white light arcs down from the inverted gem uh, pyramid in the ceiling of the room and blinds you all for a second. As that happens, Drazilia blasts a cone of cold that knocks this golem backwards as he's buffeted by intense fucking big-ass snowballs and icicles. But when the light that is blinding you all has cleared, you see, well, other than one corner of the room, which is just decimated by ice and snow, <laughs> you see a bunch of piles, golem-shaped piles of stone and rubble lying near you, and sitting in the altar in the middle of the room is a roughly fist-sized glimmering gemstone. And um, Valeria gets up and says, Oh boy, that was a lot harder than the last time. Can we take this now? I just need to know if the golem knew his fate in that moment before he died. <laughs> I think that's one of life's great questions, Juzzy. I don't think we're ever going to get an answer to that <laughs> no! one. I mean, what about an arcana intelligence check to see what Juzzy knows about golems and how quickly they can perceive and how much they can understand what they're experiencing? <laughs> all right. All right. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Make an, make an arcana check, Juzzy. <laughs> one of my best skills. <laughs> Seven down to six. <laughs> you know, with the six, Juzzy definitely thinks that the golem knew what was happening to him. Thank you. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> um, do you guys pick up the gemstone? Do you want to look at it? Uh, sure. I look at it. I look at Thank it. Thank you. Good, good, good. <laughs> Got a 13. Okay. Look at it. You look, you look at it. Hey, it's a stone. You it's see. a gem stone. <laughs> okay. So actually, you have advantage. Take it again. It's actually a 16. You see that this stone appears to you like it's actually made up of a series of smaller stones. And inside is a swirling abyss of colours, permeating a field of inky blackness. And it's roughly fist-sized. And Valeria says, I think it's pretty safe to pick up. Last time we just waved it at the wall over there and the next chamber opened. Okay. I pick it up and wave it at the wall over there. As you pick it up, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you take forty-five necrotic damage. No, as you pick it up, I'm still alive. <laughs> and and wave it at the wall. Uh, the wall does begin to slowly change, and a door that you couldn't see before slides backwards, revealing a corridor extending beyond. Valeria dusts herself off, spits out a mouthful of blood, and says. All right, round two continues. And uh, walks up that corridor without a look back. Let's do it. We see a dimly lit subterranean space. It's largely empty and clearly ancient. Nobody's set foot in here for a long time. As we pan around the space, we focus on a section of the rock wall in particular. We see 
as it begins to slowly vibrate. It's subtle at first, but it quickly grows into a rhythmic pounding noise. The rumbling grows in intensity until, crack, a section of the rock wall caves inwards into the open space with a dramatic crash. As the dust settles, we see two figures emerging from the newly opened tunnel behind the hole in the wall. In the rear is a lithe woman in robes who we recognize as Esme. She looks pale, almost scared. And in front is a male figure wearing black robes which obscure their face. They take in the scene, then throw their head back and cackle. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.